following message is from New Life Gillette series, Energy Source. This week, Pastor Mike presents part four of this series. Good morning. It is good to be here. It's good to be here on a warm day, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like we just had a lot of cold days before church, but this is a warm one. We're happy to be here. Let me say welcome to those of you who are watching online, to the guys over at the prison, to our friends at the jail, those of you who are here in the room. We're in a series where we're talking about strength, power, and energy. What do those things come from? What is, what is the source of those things? And and many times in our lives, we go through hard times and, and we look for answers, ways to cope and ways to deal with our pain. And most of the world goes to some sort of substance. Maybe they go to food or to a drug or to alcohol or some other tech addiction or maybe some relationship. Um, and they, they're looking for a solution to their pain, to an escape from their pain. Well, every time you use something as an escape, what ends up happening is you become addicted to that thing. Whatever you are using as an escape will create an addiction in your life. And for a time, it may seem like it's helping a little bit. And and for a short period of time, you may think that it's actually not that bad until the addiction forms. And the more and more you do that thing or the more and more you seek that thing, the more of it you need, right? Like the small amounts you used in the beginning aren't enough anymore. Now you need larger amounts. Now you need it more often. Now you can't survive without it. And it it develops in your life unhealthy patterns that maybe it may have helped you out of a difficult time, but it caused a much worse problem than you were trying to escape in the first place. And this is the reality of our world. And, And when you do much research into suicide and other mental illnesses, you will recognize that that is often, usually, a contributing factor. They were putting their hope in, they were putting their faith in something that they felt like may help them through a tough time, but actually never helped at all. So the series is called Energy Source, and we are talking about what gives us, as Christians, energy. This passage that we're going to go through today gives us a lot of insight into what God called us to, the, the, the fact that we were created on purpose, for a purpose, and that it's bigger than just us, and that living in that purpose and recognizing that God created us for a purpose actually helps us to have courage to move forward. If I know that the one who knit all things together, who created all things, created me for a purpose, and I'm living in that purpose, then living in that purpose can give me courage and energy to move forward in hard times, and I don't have to look to something less sustainable. Today, the source of energy that I want to talk about is hope. But before we talk specifically about hope, I want to take a step back from hope. What comes before hope? What happens before we hope for something? What happens before we hope for something is we wonder about something. Before I can hope something is true, I have to wonder if it is true. So when you came in today, you were handed a card uh, that looks like this. And my invitation to you is grab a pen and finish the sentence. You personally, what do you wonder? Maybe it's a, a personal wonder about your life. I wonder if I'm going to get married someday. What do you wonder? 
Do you wonder, I wonder if I'm going to have kids someday. I wonder if my kids are going to have kids someday. I wonder if I'm going to get that job. I wonder if I'm going to get fired. I wondered if I'm going to be able to retire with enough money. I wonder, whatever it is, fill in the blank. So write that on the card. That's your homework assignment. Not homework, right now assignment. Write that on the card. What do you wonder about? Maybe for you, the thing that you wonder about is bigger than these things. Maybe you wonder, why are we here? What's my purpose? Is there a God? Why would God allow bad things to happen? What do you wonder about? And then it is usually when we contemplate these wonders in our life, what ends up happening is a hope is developed out of that wonder. So the bigger your wonder, the bigger your hope. If I wonder if I'm going to get married someday, then I begin to hope that I will be married someday. And if I wonder if there is a God, I begin to hope that there is a God. Whatever it is you wonder about eventually turns into a hope. So I think it's a good idea to ask ourselves the question, what do I allow myself to contemplate, to wonder about, to think about in my life? Because I believe that there are some thought process habits that we can adopt in our lives to become more positive people and help us to wonder about the right things so that we can hope for the right things. And hopefully in doing that as Christians, we begin putting our hope in something that can actually help us. We can put our hope in God. Research would tell us that positive people actually have a an ability to do something that others don't. Positive people become hopeful that they will get what they hope for. Positive people, everybody hopes for things, but positive people say, you know what, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be hopeful that I'll get what I'm hoping for. Hopeful, full of hope. So look at your card. Are you, are you hopeful about the things that you wrote down? Are you hopeful that you will get those or that they'll have good outcomes? I think you should be. God works all things to work together for the the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for your good if you are called according to his his purpose. I think you should have hope. And here, let me tell you why. We're going to get to the passage in Colossians now. This first few verses in chapter 3 of Colossians are my favorite verses in the whole Bible. They go like this. Since you have been raised to new life, with Christ. Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. That's what you should be thinking about. That's what you should be focusing on. That's what you should be wondering about. The realities, not the, not the fantasies, the realities of heaven. If you are serious about living this new life with Christ, act like it. Don't get distracted by physical things. And there's this phrase in the passage, set your sights on. It actually comes from a single Greek word. We translate it to set your sights on. But the, the Greek word is phronite. And it actually means to take, to take thought. So because that doesn't really, that's not something we would normally say, we say, set your sights on, but it's actually more than just setting your sights on. T- 
take captive, take thought. It's not just about a periodic glance at heaven. It's an intentional pursuit of heaven. It's not, it's not just visualizing it. It's going after it. It's going to get it. It's doing whatever it takes to get there. Set your sight on the goal, on the finish line, and pursue that goal. And then verse 2 says, think about the, sight, the things of heaven, not the things of earth. He's not telling the Colossians church to hurry up and escape the world so that they can get to heaven. He's not telling them that they should try to get out of this world. He's reminding them that while they are in this world, they should set their eyes on the things outside of this world. He's reminding them that their power to live in this world does not come from this world. Their power to live in this world comes from above. The joy and hope of heaven. They make us more effective in this world. They make our lives better in this world. They bring good things to this world. But those who trust in the Lord will find new power, will find new strength, will find new energy. The hope of heaven gives us strength. The hope is that you get to the place that you are so confident in God and you're so confident in his plan for your life that you can step into his calling for your life no matter where it will lead you. I I trust you so much That even if I don't see the end of the road you're leading me on, if I know you're leading me on this road, I will follow. And when you get to that place of trust in God, you can say, I can because I know. Not I can because I'm strong. Not I can because I've got it going on. I can because I know. Because I know him. Because I put my trust in him. I can because I know. On the top of your wonder card, there's a penny. Whose face is on the penny? Whose face is on the penny? Anybody? Anybody know? I gave you a cheat sheet. Uh, I named my son after him. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, you, you read some of his writings and his journal entries and things that he said, and you, you, you recognize that Abraham Lincoln wondered about big things, about important things. When a lot of the other politicians were getting down in the weeds and fighting about junk that didn't really matter that much, he kind of looked higher. He looked at more important things. He wondered if he could make the world a better place. He wondered if he could make the world a more free place. And then his wonder became a hope. And he began to pursue that hope. And he set his eyes on it and he began to run after it. So I want to take a few minutes here today and I want to review the life of Abraham Lincoln to figure out where did his strength come from. So here's Abraham Lincoln's life. He's born in 1809. Then in 1816, his childhood family lost their home, ran out of money, So at the age of six, Abraham Lincoln went to work to start helping his family survive. Then in 1818, his mom died. Then in 1831, his business failed. Then in 1832, he ran for state legislature. He's Abraham Lincoln. You assume he won. No, he lost. 1832, he lost his job. 
1832 again, same year. Because he lost his job, he decided, I'm going to go to law school, sent in a law school application, and he was rejected. Then in 1833, he went bankrupt. So, so good so far? Doing well, Abraham Lincoln? Suppose. 1834, ran for state legislator. Can you guess? He lost. 1835, his fiance died. And we're talking like every year of his life is something that would define many of our lives, right? Like one of these things happened to me and I mourn about it and I go into depression because one of these things happened to you. And, and it's like every year of his life. So it's no surprise that in 1836, he had a mental breakdown. Took a little bit of time off and then 1856, he ran for vice president. Back then they used to elect the vice president separately than the president and the primary marys and ran for vice president and lost. Then in 1858, he ran for U.S. Senate and lost. we got a trend going on here. 1860, he ran for president and won. It's like somebody messed up. Like there were a glitch in the system. First of all, by this time, you should have given up, Lincoln. Yet somehow, after all this loss and all this failure, all these terrible things that are happening to you, all of a sudden, decades later, he wins his race for president? And Lincoln would go on to become one of history's greatest leaders. So what gave him the energy to keep trying in the face of so much failure? What gave him hope and courage in his pursuit? Because we know that not long after this, five years later, he did a lot in those five years. Five years later, Abraham Lincoln was killed. So we're going to look now at Abraham Lincoln's inaugural address, in which I think he gives us some insight into what gave him hope, what gave him courage and strength. He says, intelligence, patriotism, Christianity, and a firm reliance on him who has never yet forsaken this favored land are still competent to adjust in the best way all our present difficulties. Abraham Lincoln had ideals that, gave, that he gave himself to. He had dreams and he dedicated himself to achieving those dreams. He also said, trusting in him who can go with me and remain with you and be everywhere for good, let us confidently hope. Confidently hope. I like how he clarified that. It's not just maybe someday, possibly, hopefully. Confidently hope that all will yet be well. He said he had confidence and hope because God will always be with him. Not long before Abraham Lincoln died, he said this. Nevertheless, amid the greatest, does it seem like he started every sentence with nevertheless? I think he did. Amid the greatest difficulties of my administration, when I could not see any other resort, I would place my whole reliance on God. 
knowing that all would go well and that he would decide for the right. Do you believe? Do you absolutely know to the core that if you place your whole reliance on God, that all will go well? That he works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose? Christians, why do we have hope? We have hope because we gave our future to God. We made him the Lord of our lives. And then we trust him to do something with it worthwhile. So Paul continues. For you died to this life. You gave your life to Christ. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. We have hope because we died. We have hope because we gave our lives to someone greater than us. And that, that, is, that someone is someone of power and of love. I made the terrible mistake of watching one of those Hollywood award shows the other day. Don't ever do that. I, I, don't, I don't recommend it. But as I was watching this award show, I heard two different actors use the same line. So I don't know who sent the memo out that this is a cool thing to say. But two different actors said this. Trust in the magic that you are. It's about how they said it. And I'm like, seriously? My great hope in this world is me? I know me, and I'm not that great. I'm not going to put my hope in anything in this world. Trusting, that you, the, trusting the magic that you are is what led Putin into Ukraine. Trusted his, trusted his gut. He trusted the magic. I'm pretty sure Putin thinks he's real magical. I don't know if you've noticed. He is quite confident in his magic. And he is going to spread his magic around the world. This is what trust the magic that you are leads you to. Insanity. You just go deeper and deeper. And his addiction has a lot to do with power and, and control. And it's probably a three on the Enneagram like me. Wanting to look good. Trusting the magic that you are leads you to terrible, corrupt things. And all of us recognize that we need something bigger, something better. We need someone good to put our faith in. Not to, not to trust ourselves. Someone better than us to lead us. And Paul says, And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all. This is the key. You will share in all his glory. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. That's what I want. Not my glory, not the magic that I am. I want to share in his glory because it's worth sharing. It's worth having. The more spotlight is put on me, the more disappointment happens. The more spotlight put on him, the more goodness happens. And that's hope. I don't want, to, I don't want my glory to be revealed. I want his glorious glory to be revealed. I'm just nervous that you're all going to see who I really am. 
but my future is dependent on his glory being revealed, his goodness. My goodness cannot save me. My goodness cannot get me into heaven. My goodness cannot save you, but his can. So I'm putting all my chips in. I'm putting all my hope, all of my faith, all of my trust in him and in his goodness and his ability to do what I cannot. Like Abraham Lincoln, I want to be able to truly say, because I am a servant of God, all will go well. Because I gave it all to him. Why do some people have hope when others don't? Because some people pursue something that gives them hope. They, per- they wonder about something worth worrying about, wondering about, and they pursue the things that they hope for with all of their hearts. They give themselves to it. They go after it because they recognize that it's the only thing worth hoping for. The problem is disappointment awaits people who hope for things not worth hoping for. This describes our world. We've put so much hope in worthless, meaningless things that will just fade away and mean nothing for eternity. Our world puts hope in us. That's why we're we're depressed. To me, the pointlessness of focusing on this world is so obvious. In fact, it's usually most obvious to me when I'm listening to music. I listen to the, the songs that this world comes up, comes up with and I'm like, dumb. There is so much dumb in the songs that come out of this world, right? There, and then there's the obvious dumb ones like, and I was like, sing it with me. Oh, like baby, baby, baby. Oh, like baby, baby, baby. Oh. Like baby, it just goes on and on forever. Doesn't stop. Ran out of lyrics, just kept saying it. Why do we have to just say it over and over again? Because the world is lame. There's nothing to it. It's just shallow. If you're on TikTok, you've heard this one. This is like every other video on TikTok. I'm not going to sing this. The lyrics are, I'm a savage. Yeah, classy. I don't even know how to say that word. Thank you, teens. Ratchet. Yeah. Sassy. Moody. Nasty. Hey, hey. Yeah. Acting stupid. What's happening? And then there's a word in there I can't say in church. I'm like, if you have to call yourself a savage, you are not a savage. You're not. And some, some of us may think, oh, they're just musicians. Nobody really pays attention to musicians. Nobody cares about musicians. But you realize there's, some, there's a trend going around right now about a specific musician. This is what they say. They say, in Lizzo we trust. Or is it Lizzo? Lizzo. In Lizzo we trust. Lizzo is apparently a singer. I don't know. Here's a song where Desiree uncovers the deep, meanings of life. Just just listen to these lyrics. I'm afraid 
afraid of the dark, especially when I'm in a park and there's no one else around. Oh, I get the shivers. I don't want to see a ghost. It's a sight that I fear most. I'd rather have a piece of toast. Watch the evening news. Life. Oh, life. Life. Oh, life. That bring a tear to anyone's eye? She has uncovered the deep meanings of this life. You may be thinking, no, Mike, there are some great songs out there and about love and sacrifice. There's really good ones, like, like De Destiny's Child. I mean, you can't pay my bills. We are through. That's what she says. That's the end of it. Can't pay my telephone bill. We're done. So much depth in this world. There's the classic, I'm a Barbie girl. In, in a Barbie world, uh, something about life is plastic. You can undress me anywhere. It's great. It's great. It's a great song. I, I get this feeling all the time when I'm watching daytime TV personalities try to give hope without actually talking about being able to talk about spiritual things, without being able to talk about anything of depth. And I'm like, it's just all shallow. It's all meaningless. It's all pointless. Why are we putting our hope in this junk? It's just worthless. There's something so much better. And that better came to this world and he died for you. He gave you something worth hoping for. He gave you something worth wondering about. Set your eyes on things above, not on things of this world. We're going to take communion today. And Jesus, when he comes to earth and he dies, just before he died, he, he sat down to have a meal with his followers and he says, whenever you get together to eat this meal, Last Supper, Lord's Supper, he says, remember me. Set your eyes on things above. Remember me. Focus on me. He's like, you should get together and do this often. To remind yourselves of things that are worth thinking about. Because you could have stayed home today. You could have watched TV done something that in the moment would have helped suppress the busyness of life or suppress the pain, escape reality. Or you can come to church. You can take communion with your fellow believers and set your eyes on things above, things that are better, things that are greater, things that are worth thinking about. This is goodness. This is worthy of our attention.